Ready to go? Be ready to do this. All right, man. How you doing? Doing good, man. Happy to be here. Great. I'm, I'm glad that you actually want to do this with me. Um, so we've known each other for quite a while. Yep. But for those that don't know who you are, what's your name and what do you do to make money for a living? My name's Jason Gupton and I play dress up and fall down for a living. Better known, I do stunts for TV and movies. Beautiful, beautiful. So it's really cool to say that you get to dress up and play pretend and you get to walk away, support your family, make a living um, and just have fun doing what you do. And that's kind of like the whole point of where this podcast started was trying to figure out what people can do for a living that is not just like your typical cubicle job. So how did you get into stunt work? Um, tell me that story like straight from the beginning. So I grew up with like an action sports background, skateboarding, BMX, motocross. We met along those lines. Uh, slowly transferred into more circus style stuff. So stilts, unicycle, slackline. Uh, around that time is when I started doing American Ninja Warrior. And I went out to LA and I stayed with some stunt guys uh, who were also free runners uh, and kind of just fell in love with that side of the business. I was like, well, this is a real thing. I, I was just throwing myself downstairs to get a laugh out of people. And now I can do that for work. And so went from there and just hustling, training, met some stunt guys here in North Carolina. And uh, that was the path that started. And the cool part was uh, you, you mentioned it that we met through skateboarding and BMX and all that stuff way, way back. And I remember you would come to the skate park and it was always, we had this like little term that we would throw around. We would just yell motivation at each other. Yeah. And the thing that I really enjoyed about growing up skateboarding and, you know, you doing, you, you did kind of a little bit of everything. Like every time you came out, you had a BMX bike. At some point you had rollerblades and stilts and then you had a skateboard, like you had everything. So how much of that do you attribute um, to what you do now? Like falling down, not giving up you know, doing it over again until you actually get it. Skateboarding or action sports in general teaches you a different discipline of like pushing through the pain uh, to get the end result. And yeah, to throw yourself down a set of stairs, you really got to turn something off in your head because your body doesn't want to do that. But we did that for so many years of, I want to land this trick and I know I'm going to fall trying to figure it out. And uh, so I give so much of this job to action sports. And Doing as much as I did in different aspects, it helps because on set, you'll just get handed something and they expect you to be good at it. And so I'm glad that I tried a lot of things. And so I can make it look like I know what I'm doing. And the other cool thing about action sports is like, if you mess up, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. If you make it, you're good to go. It was, it was also your fault. Like yep. you, did, you did the work to get there. Um, how much of that plays a role in what you do today with the stunts? Because you're not doing it now by yourself. Right. Like you're, you're working with a team, you're working with talent, you're working with the people behind the set too. Uh, tell me about all that stuff. The team aspect is huge. Um, it definitely falls a lot on your shoulders to where like if you're doing a car stunt or even, even a fight, like you have to be at your mark at the right time or someone else is going to get hurt. So it still goes into that, but now you have to put your trust in someone else just as much that they're going to be on their mark to keep you safe. So it, it definitely merges the worlds together. Like you have to be on and you just have to assume that person's on too. So now you, you have to trust people too. Yes. Like trust is a huge thing in your industry. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, because if you're going to throw yourself off a building or down some stairs, I guess you got to know that everything behind the scenes was working they, really. They set it up the right way. If you're on a wire and someone's on that button on the other end of the wire to pull you, you hope that the PSI is set for the right and it's not going to send you 20 feet past your mark into a wall. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of trust. Now, uh, you know, it kind of sounds like you may have experienced some stuff like this before. <laughs> so I've been very lucky, thank God. But I have friends who they were on the wrong end of some receiving stuff. And it's uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, let me ask you about this. So, like, when did it finally click that this is what you want to do for a living? Because you can't just 
you can't just go to school and become a stuntman. Like you kind of have to run into the right people. You have to do the right things. When did it click that this is something that you wanted to pursue? Uh, when I was out in LA with those guys and you could see it was an actual obtainable thing. Uh, it wasn't easy growing up in Salem, North Carolina, one stop sign town to say you want to be a Hollywood stuntman is here crazy. Um, and then as you start to get into the business, you figure out how to get into business. It's you have to join the union. So you have to work a union set to be in the union, but you can't be in the union until you've worked a union set. So it's a huge catch 22. So basically someone has to stick their neck out for you and say, I need this person, his size, his ability, and they taffed you into the union. So it's a hard end, but it's something that I, mean, I tried for about a year of just hustling sets, shaking hands until I got the opportunity. So what was your first gig? First gig was Revolution, an uh, old NBC TV show. Um, it's a good show, too. I think we did like two or three seasons. Uh, that, was, that was my very first SAG gig that got me in the union. Jeff Wolf was the coordinator. Left. Cool. So, so Jeff Wolf was the guy that yep. probably stuck his neck out. It was like, well, so Jared Lasano is a North Carolina stunt performer who took me in, trained me, saw potential, I guess, enough to keep telling Jeff, hey, check out this guy, check out this guy, and then would get me on set, shake Jeff's hand. And then, yeah, Jeff is who stuck his head out to the producer and was like, this is the guy I need. I need to taft him. And went from there. Now, just like any business, uh, I'm sure that it's not like you got your ends, so now you got, you got the golden ticket. Um, you got to continue to work for it. So uh, was there any point in time where you were just like, man, this is really hard. This is not working out. I don't know whether or not I need to continue this or try to find a different path. Did you ever have any experiences like that? Yeah, your second job and third job is almost as hard as your first job because you're still, you at least can get hired now because you're in the union, but no one knows you yet. And so they don't know your abilities. So you still got to go out there and train. You got to put your face out there, shake hands still. And I mean, it was a handful of years before the phone would constantly ring with enough people who've seen you, seen your ability and be like, all right, he can do that. And so you know, there's definitely some times where it got, it got hairy. I knew that it was, it's a dream job. Uh, so I never wanted to back away from it, but there's definitely some times where you gotta, they all, what do they say? When we first started, they were like, get used to rejection. And yeah, I didn't realize how true that was going to be. Like you get told no a lot more than you get told yes in this business. So what advice do you have for someone that, um, is kind of on the receiving end of, sorry, this role is just not the right fit for you. Stay optimistic, stay positive. I my wife hates how optimistic I am of like, well, yeah, but it could do this. It could, this has potential for this. And, uh, you just, you gotta always look at that side. Cause if you don't look at that side of the like playing field, you're just going to beat yourself up and give up. Like if, if you don't look at what could be, then you won't ever try. And so that's, you gotta stay on that side of it. Now, are you, are you by yourself like a free agent type of deal or are you with an agency? Uh, no, right now, stunts is you're your own person. Cool. Uh, basically, you want as many coordinators to know about you as possible. That way, production, hire stunt coordinators. Coordinators break down the uh, uh, script and everything. And then whoever they need to fill the spots to double someone to play a character, they hire that. So you want the coordinator to know you, your abilities, your look as much as possible. And you kind of went from doing a lot of the stunts now to now you're coordinating a lot as well, correct? Yeah, over the past couple of years, it's slowly transitioned to that, which is what I wanted to eventually go to. I don't want to get hit by cars when I'm in my 60s. I'd much rather point and tell people how to do it. Uh, so it's been nice to be on that side of it for a while now, uh, being in the meetings, helping the director get a shot and be like, this is how we achieve it. And, so, and this is more like the career side now, right? Where, I mean, you can make a living throwing yourself off abilities yeah, you, and stuff like that. You can, your chiropractor will love you. Exactly, but. yeah, exactly. But obviously, the older you get, I mean, I'm only in my 30s, you're in your 30s now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, through all the skateboarding that we did back then, 
it's starting to catch up now. <laughs> you, um, you you don't uh, you don't fall now, and it's like all right, next day, like we can throw ourselves back down a twelve stair. We're good to go. Mm. Um, but you have to in your industry. Mm. So like, tell me how you work past like the pain and the aches and stuff like that. All right. So uh, one of my mentors uh, who I just finished a job with, his name's Buddy Joe Hooker. Uh, one of the greatest stuntmen alive. Period. Hands down. Uh, and Buddy's in his eighties. 70s or 80s now um someone asked him uh because he still will fall down <laughs> it's not that long ago he did some gnarly stuff not that long ago <laughs> and uh someone asked him they're like buddy like you look amazing you wake up every day you get to set and you're like just the guy he's always energetic always born for it. and they're like how do you do it he's like it's easy when you wake up in the morning you don't fucking let the old man in and everybody was just like that's coffee mug worthy but right whoa and uh, a couple of hours went by, and I, I asked Buddy, I was like, man, that was, that was deep. Like, that was a really cool, like, motivation. He's like, you know who told me that? He's like, Clint Eastwood. And I was like, wow, even cooler. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And the cool thing, the cool thing about your industry, too, is that, like, you're, you're in the world of, you're in the Hollywood set world. You're in Atlanta. You're in Richmond. You're in all these really cool places. But you also get to kind of stay low-key and behind the scenes. Is that a choice that you, you make, or... Like, do you, do you like being just kind of more in the shadows? Does that make sense? Yeah, stunts are definitely in the shadows. Uh, I mean, you, if you kind of link with, like, certain actors and you're, like, their sign double, then you start to get a little more spotlight kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, normally, I mean, our whole purpose is for you to not know we're there. Yeah. That, you know, we're, you're, we're making that guy look good. Because I, I spoke to an actor before years and years ago, and he was just like, I love what I do because... I make really good money. I make a really great living. Um, but I'm also able to like still go to the fair with my kids mm -hmm. and Manoa knows who I am, but they've seen me before for sure. They've seen me in movies, but they just have no idea who I am. And I like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like two different worlds. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I'm sure you, you definitely get some benefits of being like known, but without question, but then also I feel like, yeah, like the side of like family and trying to live a normal life would be very hard. And then seeing that, like, going out with actors and like what they have to go through. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I'm, I'm going to be on this side of the world. Uh, well, let me ask you this. So we talked a little bit about this earlier about, um, you know, kind of overcoming some struggles and stuff like that. Is there one moment in your career that you can remember that just stands out that was just like, that was almost the breaking point of, I don't want to do this anymore. And like, how did you, how did you overcome from that? It's a good one. Uh, I don't know if, if I necessarily had, it was like one moment. I mean, there was like, there'd be little moments where the phone just hadn't rang for two, three months. Uh, and you're just like, and it's, uh, I got to figure out something else, you know? Like, but then it's like the hustle mindset takes over more and you just try to find a different avenue to get to the end goal, you know? Um, one of the, uh, I don't love social media, but I'm going to use it for what it's there for. And I remember not living in Atlanta or living in one of the hubs that all everyone filmed. No one films in the Rocky Mountain. And so me being here, I'm not in the world there. So sometimes you don't get brought up in someone's mind if they're hiring because they're like, well, I haven't seen Jason in a couple months, you know? So you don't get brought up. Uh, I was in an audition and one of the coordinators was like, oh, I love that video you did the other day, the, the stupid skateboarding silly thing. And I was like, that's how you stay relevant. And so like you start feeling like if you're not being seen, post more be seen and then you know they're like something comes across their desk where they need someone to do this whatever xyz is i just saw jason do it the other day so that's how you stay relevant 
in this world to where yeah, if you start feeling like, I don't know, phone's not ringing, what do I do? Send out another email. You know what I mean? Text that coordinator you haven't texted in a while or, you know, the casting agency, whatever the case may be. Uh, so, but as far as like one standout moment where I was like, this, this isn't for me, I, I, haven't, I haven't hit that yet. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think I love this too much that I would hit that. Awesome, awesome. Um, and you brought up a really good point that we all go through those periods where the phone doesn't ring for a while, uh, you don't get an email for a while, you don't get a paid gig for a while, um, and that even if you don't like social media, which I hate social media, but just like you said, it's something you have to do in order to stay relevant. Um, I, I mean, is there any tips you have at all for staying relevant? Uh, I mean, social media aspect for sure. Yeah, that's that's definitely the biggest, but I mean, even just social media is cool. Um, but if something about going the drama side of it, the drama side, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, go and get that coffee with that person. You know what I mean? And like having an old meeting, like you used to have, not just over zoom, like yeah. everything went to zoom in 2020. I feel like, and so like now it's all the meetings and, and zoom's great. You know, you gotta leave your house. You know, it, it has its purpose. There's something about the in-person. I, I miss those yeah. coffee meetings. Like we yes. could have done this over zoom. Yeah. Yeah. We could have totally done this over zoom, but it's not near as fun. The, the in-person side is really cool. And I mean, how much of how much of that has been lost now you see it in your industry probably where you know you're doing a bunch of pre-production meetings probably off camera mm. in different locations uh do those pre-production meetings go better when it's actually in person and you actually get to interact with each other go out have a drink afterwards yes i think so uh even just alone in 2019 versus 21 we had we were doing walking dead and i remember sitting at the round table where you would Every department head is at the round table and you're going through the script. I mean, this is how we're going to achieve this. This is how we're going to do this. Fast forward to 21, uh, it's all over Zoom, you know, and like some people weren't able to make it, you know, and this kind of stuff. And like, it was, it's a huge difference. Yeah. You just brought up The Walking Dead. So, you know, we, the, one of the questions I've been dying to ask you, you get to throw, down, throw yourself down some stairs. You get to do all this other crazy stuff. Tell me about the dress up part. The, the things that I love seeing you post on social media is the befores and the afters when you are now a zombie. Yeah. How long does that process take? Uh, how long are you in that makeup for? And do you get to actually have any fun? Like, do you get to go to Walmart, like, during a break? <laughs> no, you're not supposed to leave. We, we still do have fun, especially if we're shooting, like, on location. Like, and you can, like, sneak and mess with somebody, but you're definitely not supposed to. Um, the process can be anywhere from like an hour to two hours to get in the makeup, depending on how gnarly the zombie is. Um, and then you have contacts as well, uh, which some shows you can piggyback your contacts on like my contacts. Some you have to pull my contacts, put theirs in, and then I'm completely blind. Like you're a blind zombie. And like that would be fine for Walking Dead because Walking Dead zombies are very slow, stupid. I like Walking You can do Walking Dead zombies hungover. They're chill. But the ones where they chase you. Zombie land zombies now. Those guys, you have to jump shipping containers and like run, 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 run. A blind on those ones too? I was blind on those. I could see in Walking Dead. <laughs> I, I would have reversed it. I'd rather have had sight on Zombie Land because that one you just had to literally just run, jump on the shipping container between 20 other stuff people and not land on them. Yeah. And I'm just like, I hope I can make this. Like, And you have to feel for like the camera crew and the directors and stuff like that because they're, they're not seeing what you what can't see. Yeah. So they're trying to direct you like, hey, I want you to do this on this mark, mm -hmm. but you can't see that mark. So you got you to gotta figure out a way to get to that mark. That's, that's all you figuring stuff out for sure. And then, so it's two hours roughly getting into it. Uh, you're in it at least 12 to 14 hours. So hot summer days and those masks do not breathe. Like it's, I've, had, I've seen people just pass out of heat exhaustion because it gets gnarly because you have a full ball cap on too. So, I mean, you're sealed. 
and uh and then normally 45 minutes to get out of it um so it's a uh, you can drink a lot of water those days i was about to say are you do you have, like any ability to be able to drink some water like some that's the worst part so like you some of the masks you can get these like fake teeth that you have to put in uh and those you'll put in in between takes so you can actually take them out and those masks you can eat in during lunch the masks that don't have the fake teeth and the, the teeth are built into the prosthetic you have to like hold it open and then like you can only get like finger food on those days you can't you're not getting a salad that day it's a little bit gnarlier than like a slipknot mask oh yes <laughs> you're like your buddy's trying to like help you like all right man go this way go this way and like you're feeding your friends to try to help them dude it's it's rough yeah now you've got to play several different roles uh you know, in different stunts, different movies, different TV shows, uh, what's one that stands out that you just love the most? I'm sure they all have their highs, but, like, is there one character you just love doing over and over again? Man, that is a, also a solid question. Um, so, for four years, I doubled uh, Jamie Bell on Turn Washington Spies, and that was, like, my first run and breakout thing where, like, I was constantly his double for this season, or shoot, series, and, uh, that was really special just because it was like my first one. I learned so much on that one. Um, and Jamie was an awesome guy to double. Like uh, he was super quick to be like, nah, man, you got this and I'm going to do whatever he needs to do. And he's like, I can't tell if it's me or you on camera. He's like, it's perfect. That's, that's what you want. Um, the zombie stuff's always been fun. Um, uh, I doubled Frank Grillo twice. Uh, the Purge movie was kind of wild. You're like, you, you always have these like outer body moments where you're like doing something. You're like, Man, 10-year-old me would be really stoked right now. And I, I love those moments. And so I like, step back from what's happening. I'm in this SWAT truck dressed as a Purge character running red lights at D.C. at 3 in the morning. I'm like, this is pretty cool. You know, I did 10-year-old Jason good. He's happy. And so, yeah, I guess everyone has a different story. And so I don't know if I have one that stands out. I was like, this is my absolute favorite. I have another solid question for you. How much fun was it uh, giving Daniel Radcliffe the finger out of a <laughs> car? In the middle of the city. Yeah. Uh, so, and he's Harry Potter for anybody that doesn't know. Harry Daniel Potter Radcliffe. is hands down my favorite actor. Uh, that dude was the nicest guy in the world. Playing the worst character in that movie. Nice guy. Like I threw a bag of uh, piss in his face. <laughs> and I screamed, take that golden snitch. Like the jokes were relentless that day. It was amazing. Uh, yeah. Awesome dude. Uh, I haven't called to double him like two or three times now. And scheduling just hasn't worked out. And I'm super bummed because I want to double Harry Potter. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, he signed some stuff for my wife because she's a big Harry Potter fan. So, hands down, that was a great day. Yeah. That, I'm sure that was a prep one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we're, we're kind of wrapping this thing up now. But uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, you know, we talked about the lows and stuff like that. What's the most rewarding part about being a stunt double? Uh, my favorite part is we're setting up everything and the nerves will, like, slowly start to come up. And then when you start hearing the final, like, three, two, one action, it just, like, silence. Like, you know exactly what you have to do. You know you can do it. And you're completely focused on that. And then when it's over and you walk away and you're, like, like, superhero feeling, like, that's the best, most rewarding moment. And then you get to go see it X amount of months later in the theater on TV. And you're, like, we put a whole lot of blood, sweat, and tears in that. And it turned out really cool. And it lets people escape. I mean, that's all movies. Is we're not curing any disease. We're just getting people to escape reality for a little bit and enjoy what we've done. And so, like, that's probably the best. It's like, that's it. People get, like, way too deep into it. And, like, you know, you're changing. Now, you're just, you're getting people to escape reality. And so, like, do that. And do be good at that. Becoming a method actor. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys. Jeez. Um, we both have kids. 
And uh, the, the cool part, well, I guess it's it's cool, but it's not cool. Is uh, like I showed I showed both my sons the other day. Like, look, Dad got to hang out of an airplane and shoot another airplane, and we were only like fifty feet away from each other. And their reaction is always just like, "Oh, cool, I guess, awesome." Uh, Riker, you have a little girl. Uh, does she like do the same thing with you? Like, oh, look, dude, you look at me. I was with so and so, and she's like, "Oh, that's cool." Like, how does she how does she react to the whole thing? Uh, she's definitely desensitized to a lot of stuff that some kids aren't. Uh, like, I would. I've been doing zombie stuff my whole career. And so uh, I would FaceTime her when I'm out of town and she's going to bed and I'm a zombie. All my friends are zombies behind me. We're all wishing her good night and all this stuff. So like, that's just scary daddy to her. Like it's, you know, nothing. Um, and then, you know, hey, the Pink Power Ranger texted her the other day. Like one of my friends who plays her. And so like, she's like, oh, I know the Pink Power Ranger. And so like, it's like this normal stuff to her is really normal. So like now it's been so many years, she doesn't care. You know, like she's pumped on it. Don't get me wrong. And like the people who come ride the house ramps are like X Games athletes. So they're doing some pretty gnarly stuff. And then we go somewhere and some, some dude's doing this trick and she's like, that's lame. <laughs> and so like, that's how it was. That's how it was a Landon. So I love it. I, I went to the skate park the other day, uh, me and, uh, Jason Thompson, we, we, we ride together all the time. Yes. And, uh, I was out there and I, I did like a big, like I call it a biker air melon because you remember at sunset, the spine is so small that you have to go out as a straight up. Yeah. 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 So I go, I do the same thing with the skateboard, mm-hmm. not, not on a bike. And uh, I do that. I'm probably like four feet over the coping. And then I come back to big spin blunt back revert. And I was like, was that pretty cool? He's like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's all right. You landed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we've talked about a whole bunch of different stuff and all that. Uh, but one thing I want to ask you is when it comes down to uh, trying to give advice to people who are wanting to break into this industry, um, you know, they got to think outside the box. What advice do you have for them as someone who's been in this industry for as long as you have? Don't give up. Stay positive. Uh, don't listen to the negatives. Everyone's going to be a negative, so be a positive. Um, you're gonna, everyone's going to tell you why you can't. So just if you want to do it, you'll figure out a way. Um, just don't listen to the other people because they, they didn't try. So who are they to say that you can't do it? Very last question I got for you, man. If it turns into anything else, awesome. Um, but if you were to go back to the beginning of your career, um, and kind of mentor a young Jason Gupton, what advice would you give yourself? Would you change anything? Um, you know, what would you say to yourself? And I don't, I don't know how much I would change just cause I, I fear that question always because it's like, even if I messed up here in the timeline, I like where here is. And so if I change this in the timeline, where would this put this timeline? You know what I mean? And so I can't, I can't say anything that I would do too much differently. Maybe don't ask quite as many stupid questions, but you're starting out, so he, he's going to ask it any way possible. Uh, like, it was kind of serendipitous. Uh, this last movie we did, I was able to taft someone in the same way that I got tafted in. And on that day where I tafted this guy in, Jared, the guy who stuck his neck out for me, I was able to also hire him. And so it was like full circle this happened and so it was me telling that guy alex that i got tapped i was like all right here's what you do don't do everything basically jared did for me i was doing for alex and so i i don't think i changed up too much from what jared told me so i think i'm happy with how it how it went and that has to be pretty rewarding that you potentially just launched the beginning of someone's career yeah how'd that make you feel amazing i mean because and that's everyone there on set knows how big your first day is like you the opportunity is yours now so and then he's, well, he's hustling for it. He's doing great. And yeah, to, to help someone out like that is huge. And so I hope to see him in the, the lights too someday. 
<laughs> awesome, man. I don't think you used the profound camera at all. I didn't. You didn't. It's okay though. It's okay. I should have done that for the Clint Eastwood remark. That would have been that would have been good. Tag Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I don't think he's on Facebook or Instagram. Right. He's probably not. <laughs> man, I appreciate you doing this with me. Um, anything else you want to add? I think I covered it all. No, man. Thank you for having me. Like, awesome, dude. Hear me talk about falling down. Yeah, falling down is fun. <laughs> it is. All right, man. Until next time. Cheers.